Welcome in to another episode of We're Talking. We're talking basketball. Raging Cajun basketball. Mike, how are you doing? I hope you're better than uh, the Cajuns have been on this last little road trip. Not a not a good week, but we'll get into that in a second. How are you this morning? Doing great. Looking forward to celebrating the second birthday this evening of my youngest grandchild. Happy second birthday, Libby Diane Bear. Uh, she was a little grouchy this morning on the way to her daycare uh, spot, but... Uh, she doesn't know she's two, but we do, and uh, hope they, uh, she'll have a nice dinner tonight with the family. Good deal. You know, I, you say two-year-old. Uh, my 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 godchild son just uh, turned two this summer, and we uh, I had lunch with them on uh, Saturday before the baseball game. And of course, he doesn't know who Uncle Craig is either. So, but and uh, doesn't know that he's two. So, yeah. but you're right. Yeah, we had our little birthday party at Little Jim on Saturday, and she had a lot of fun. Uh, Good deal. So. Oops. We get into the problems of the Cajuns. Like I said, fortunately, both our lives are a little better than, than they are uh, having on the court these days. But maybe we can uh, analyze why that is. Yes. Let's go back to last uh, Thursday night. Yeah, we played ULM on Thursday night in, yes. in Monroe. Uh, we'll get did into you the make first that half trip? I did not make that trip. I okay, I know you were talking about it. So. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I watched uh, it on ESPN+. Plus. But I was able to watch the whole game, and I have some thoughts on it. We get in the first half, you know. Early in the game, ULM got it the slight lead by making what I call tough twos. Then I thought about it again, and looking at my notes here, maybe they weren't really as tough twos for them because looking back at it, Coach Richard's old-fashioned guy seemed like they might have been running plays to get some mid-range shots. And when I say tough twos, their big men were shooting 10, 15-footers. Back today, you know, back in what a Correlate to back in the days when the Cajuns had great on Warner. Some of the shots he shot, and they got out a little lead for that. Uh, you know, oftentimes the home game, home team will get a little lead because of the energy. But it wasn't anything uh, major. Uh, about halfway through the first half, the Cajuns put, call out their old staple, their 2-1-2 uh, press, and they get a couple of turnovers, and they get a little lead. And I want to actually comment here. Brandon Hardy was getting the rim really well. Some of that off steel, some of it he was just taking it to the basket. What do you want to the coast and coast? So we're lead, we're leading 18-13. And here's, I thought, a key point. Uh, Coach Richard called the timeout. And a little early in the game, but you're only up five. But they come back out, and they immediately tie the game. They get a three, not on a nice play. The ball goes in and out. They get a stop. It's on the game's tied. It's a good timeout there by Coach Richard. Um so the, the game continues. We regained the lead. Could have been longer. Really got frustrated where we had some defensive stops. We threw the ball long, basically overthrows like we were going to compare with the football pass. Results in turnovers. A little more patience there. Maybe we get better shots. And again, you know, all of a sudden, ULM comes back. They tie the game and take the lead. Kozana uh, got his second foul. He sits a few minutes. And... Those turnovers seem to spur some cold shooting. You know, maybe it's frustrating, whatever. Shots go cold all of a sudden, and, and ULM extends the lead a little bit. Any of your thoughts at that stage of the game? You know, uh, I agree with you on Richard's timeout. I was I, I wasn't surprised because he had to do something there. They 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 were roll. Uh, we were starting to roll, and uh, yeah, we'd gone down five to up five. It, it, I don't know what this team seems to go through their streaks and, and it's very hard 
distinguishing what is happening there if it's if and I I don't want to say it's tired legs because at the same time everybody's playing the same thing and I know we're not done with the first half but we shot 46 percent in the first half and 37.5 from the three-point line so if you shoot those type of statistics where we're just not getting enough shots off because we like to run and we ended up playing ULM's game. Yeah, we, so. it was their pace because of the turnovers. Like I said, two consecutive possessions that we threw the ball away and on incomplete passes. That seemed to hurt our energy. And I agree, had we shot the same percentage in the second half we shot in the first half, we probably would have won the game. I think we shot three for eight in the first half and mainly one or two in the second half. Now, the Cages did get lucky in the end and a half. There's less than a minute. ULM tries to go two for one, meaning you try to get two shots to your opponent's one. So they rushed the shot. Um, Joe got a three, cuts the lead to two, and he did it with like 10 seconds left and allowed us to set up our defense. So we're out, we're, we go down from 32-27, 32-30, and at halftime I said, okay, this is anybody's game. I agree. I mean, I thought that I, I thought we played well at the end of the half to get back to get right back there. And, and, and you're thinking to yourself, down down two to ULM uh, with a half to play. I, I'm very confident at that point, I guess. Yeah. And when the second half starts, both teams are cold. If nobody scores for about two minutes, but then uh, Contrell Garnett, you know, gets run up three-point line. He gets into the lane. He shoots the floater, gets to go, and gets called for the foul. And we, all of a sudden, we got the lead. All right. And say, so here we go. But, you know, ULM scores. Here was the key seconds in the game. You know, we got two steals. Missed the layup both times. On the second layup miss, ULM gets back. Gets a transition three. And often, often that happens. If you miss your layup or shot, shot of the goal, something bad happens back the other way because you're not set up defensively properly. Uh, so that, that three-pointer gave them the lead. And then, okay, we have, I think, a normal miss. Don't score. We're playing great defense. And the guy named, I call him Nico because I can't say his last name. Nico met something. And congratulations to Jay Walker for being able to say it. And uh, I'll just call him Nico. He makes a tough three from the base, um, from the corner. With one second left on the shot clock, and you know, all of a sudden that lead extends a little bit, you know, from three to six or seven. And then they were in good position. ULM has a lot of confidence at that point. Now, here was another key factor in the game. You know, we got the ball to Hosan a few times, and he really struggled a lot in this game. Yeah, he was way under 50%. And I could tell he was going to struggle on his first shot because it was flat. Not enough. Uh, I guess spring from his legs and everything. And sometimes if a player misses a free throw long or short in the first half, in the first shot, his second will be the exact opposite. If he bounces it off the rim, the first half of the back of the first shot, rather his second shot will be short. And suppose not a struggle to line the whole game gave us plenty of opportunities to come back. And I think after a while, if you miss a couple, it becomes a confidence thing. And it's easy to fuss at the players and say that, but you think about it, you know, you know, it's a must win game. You miss it a couple. There's a lot of pressure and confidence something that comes and goes. No, I agree with you there. I mean, uh, it's no different than a shooter that, that starts streaking. If he, if he's hot, he's confident, he's going to put it up and he's, he's good. And free throws are very similar. Um, not a good night for the Cajuns. And we, we talked about it the previous, I think we went back 10 or 12 games uh, before we hit the road and we talked about how well they were shooting. So maybe, maybe I jinxed them. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Frustrating. Well, 
But the f first couple that didn't go in, you could tell he was struggling with his confidence from the line. When he went to the line, not only did the, he not have confidence, that gives the fans some pause. So, you know, that was one issue and continue to shoot Cole from outside. You know, when he did go in, he passed it back out. We just couldn't knock down a three. And they've got a double figure lead. Not surprisingly, the Cajuns fight back. They got a few turnovers of their own. Really got bailed out when we, uh, I think we're shooting a free throw, uh, made one, missed one. And an intentional foul was called on ULM going, uh, about pulling somebody's jersey. And, and we didn't have scored. And, you know, within two minutes, we're only down three. And you think, okay, we get a stop here. We got a chance. Might be, might have been a minute. And again, the Nico guy hits a tough shot. His numbers weren't fantastic, but he seemed to make big plays when, when they needed him. And that made the lead five with a minute to go, and we just couldn't come back from that. Yeah, I thought he played much better than he did here in Lafayette. You know, the only thing you saw there was, uh, you know, there were a couple of UNO players. Uh, I think it all it, it all goes back with I think we had nine turnovers at the half, if I remember correctly, listening to Jay, uh, and we only had six in the second half. And then you look at the fifteen off offensive rebounds, you would think, well, that's pretty good, fifteen offensive rebounds. But I, I'm pretty sure that four of them came on one play with they that did. tap of the, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So again, don't get me wrong, I'm happy that we did that, but there there were too many times around the rim that we got the second. We were able to get the rebound and get the second shot and still miss miss the shot. So I think that's, I guess that's kind of the frustrating point. Frustrating yeah. point there for me. Trouble finishing and uh, and the Cajuns have had issues off and on with that through the years. And at this stage, I, I just wonder uh, if the uh, all the games on the road are affecting him. Seems to be a problem in the next game. But yeah, uh, so too many turnovers. But and not getting enough finishing shots, but the poor shooting from all three levels, you know, like we just mentioned, couldn't put the tip-ins back in. Uh, we only made one three in the second half. You know, we usually win the three-point game, but we were four for 22, they were four for 14. So in effect, they win it. And they, and the ones they made were at big shots times, you know, when the Warhawks really needed it. Also from the ULM perspective, they got 34 to 66 points from their forwards, you know, made not some, but with some considered tough mid-range shots may not have been for them. It looks like their offense was set to run plays to get those shots. And again, you know, they got to the line 14 more times than the Cajuns. We didn't shoot the ball well from the free throw line, but we didn't have as many opportunities as ULM did. And some of that was the fouling in the last minute, but not all of it. So that continues to be an issue uh, from the entire season. Uh, I don't know why that is. I can't figure it out. I know we called more, po more post-ups, so. And maybe we make maybe goes on and makes some of those that are one and ones or other guys will get more shots. If you miss the one and one, then you, you don't get your second one. So a really frustrating game. Uh, I give credit to the Warhawks. Uh, you know, they they did a good job. Hit the shots when they needed it to. Uh, took advantage of our our sloppy play. Yeah, you know, you just talked about a lot of the statistics. I mean, but every category points in the paints forty to twenty two Cajun. Points off of turnovers, 15 to 11, Cajun. Second chance points, 12 to 4, Cajun. Fast break points, 13 to 5, Cajun. Bench points, 16 to 10, Cajun. You would think with all of those things that we would have, um, that we would have won, even, even the rebounding battle, 41 to 37. You know, all of those things should have been a Cajun victory. 
But I think a lot of it goes back to your point on the free throw shooting. How many front ends of the one and ones did we miss? Did we not get the opportunity to score? And all those little things add up. So yeah, and some of the fouls we committed. I think we're in very smart fouls. You were struggling from the line in the first half is one of the reasons their lead was only two. They were much better in the second half. They outscored us about 13 in the line, and the final margin was six. That's why yeah, you know, all those other stats you mentioned. Yep, yeah, and, and you talked about the, the fouling, the Griggs, and that comes from tired legs, in my opinion. You're not moving your feet while you're reaching and doing things that you shouldn't be doing. So, yeah. but, yes. all right, let's Move turn a page Miss. in. The okay, Southern, Miss. The Southern Miss game. Uh, All right, before we start there, let me ask you a question. Were there 5,000 people in that arena? On sa- Sunday, Saturday night, you mean? Southern yeah, Miss game? Yeah. My guess was four. Uh, uh, it was senior night. Okay. Uh, and I think the crowd was pretty good, and despite the fact they'd been struggling, did they really it, got it, a lot of energy from uh, – Coach Ladner being present for senior night, you know, he's been out several games. He did not coach, but he did show up uh, dressed in a nice golden tie and congratulated all the seniors in their senior night. For him. And they also, uh, Southern Miss had a baseball game that afternoon and they ran some type of promotion. You know, if you went to baseball and you got some kind of discount for basketball, their baseball team didn't win Saturday. They did win the series, I believe. Uh, but, so, you know. But, so it, it, it was it, it it was better than what we've seen on TV the last. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I guess before, this arena is is reminds me of, if you ever been to seen Monroe Stadium, you know, yep. you in Coliseum where the seats just a little bit set off from the court. Yeah. Uh, Both uh, ULM and uh, Louisiana Tech and in Southern Miss uh, arenas are all very similar. Yeah. Well, uh, it's also old. You can tell you know, a lot of bleachers. Some chair back seats, I guess, for their major boosters. And I want to make a point here. Uh, the group I was at, we stopped at a little restaurant, you know, before the game. Uh, I think we were Raising Cane, and we actually saw Todd Graves. It was a new Raising Cane. The owner of Raising Cane was there, and they were making a big to-do about it. But all the people, pre-game, parking lot everywhere, post-game, I saw them miss. Couldn't have been more gracious and nice to us. Uh, you know, we were wearing our red, so uh, Twitter is not real life sometimes, you know, where fans get on oh. there and make fun of each other, but uh, they are hope so- Southern Miss fans for being so gracious to the Cajun fans that were there. Yeah, they, they're, uh, I believe they're truly happy to be in the same uh, conference with us and, and South Alabama and even Troy for that matter, you know, uh, e- easy trips and, and good fan bases on, on all sides. So, uh, yes. Yeah. So shout out to the Southern Miss fans for their hospitality. But when the game starts, I was not surprised that the Eagles would come out strong because they had a lot of energy from the senior night festivities. And they have a lot of seniors. Some of them may come back from COVID, but I think they recognized eight seniors. Quite a few wow. of them. Uh, and again, with Coach Ladner there, he really got a lot of fan- uh, support. So they got the lead early. You know, the first minute, you know, it wasn't too bad. We won the tip. We ran a nice post up for Kobe. He scored. But then the Eagles were able to get to the rim quite often. And they also made some mid-range shots. Some of them five feet away. Um, you know, our defense likes to switch on all screens. And somehow they were able to get Kobe Julian on Crowley. And, and Crowley's just faster than Kobe. He got to the rim. He just scored a dish off. So 
good move by their coaching staff, you know, to create a mis mismatch. Uh, you know, either Contrell, Contrell was on him at times, and, and that worked pretty well. So I think that league was 20 to 12 in the second media from that energy and them getting into the rim. And again, we're starting to shoot a little cold, but then Joe Charles started to take off. A uh, couple of good plays called by the cages, I think, where, you know, Joe plays four, but he's really a three. And they spread it out. He was able to take his man off the dribble and score at the rim. He also scored a couple of times at the basket on some nice passes for Timus. I think Timus had a, few, a pretty good assist number. And we also caused a few ego turnovers. And uh, we stay within striking distance. And I think we could have had the lead instead of being down on the half. I'll tell you why. We got the ball inside a couple of times. Kobe and Hosanna just couldn't get shots to drop. And it may be tired legs, but I did notice when they're going up near the rim, they're not getting high off of the glass. You know, when you play basketball, you want to get the shot off the rim in the middle of the square, right above the basket. And we were leaving a little bit, uh, I said not getting high off of the glass, a little bit short. And, you think that could have been tired legs when you can't get the ball to the proper spot inside? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you you talked about it too with the switching and everything. I think all of that comes down to the legs. Uh, I'm just wondering, uh, you know, Hosanna lost lost a lot of weight. I'm wondering uh, if he's still doing that and uh, if if he's just losing energy now. But that's a, that's a speculation. Yeah, yeah, could be. No, who knows? And you know, he doesn't seem to have the jump he had when we were on that winning streak. So maybe there's some minor injuries that we're not aware of. And I'll say the same thing for Kobe. Kobe did go out at one point in the game and had to sit out and stretch. He did come back in. I think he's going to be okay. But I wondered, uh, that made me wonder, is he fighting some minor injuries we may not be aware of as well? Uh, another thing, we, we know we were 0 for 7 in the first half. Brandon Hardy, again, played well. He was one of the key guys in uh, forcing the turnovers. And he hit a tough shot that should have been an and one. But then I think he got a little three happy. You know, he, he makes a few now and then. But I don't think the threes he took were necessarily good shots a little early in the shot clock. But nobody else was hitting, so maybe I'll give him a little slack. And, but again, it's like a ULM game. You know, we're able to actually make a little run on our turnovers. We got our last two baskets and a half. Joe got a basket. We got to stop. And Timus made a nice tough floater in the lane. And uh, the lead's only two points. A minute or two prior to that, Kentrell finally hit a three. So you, you, you had some hope. You know, maybe you're thinking, okay, the Southern Miss uh, energy they had at the beginning of the game, you know what's going to happen on senior night. And, you know, especially if they make a couple of shots, you seem to have weathered that. And they say, okay, let's see if we'll do better than we did in the second half against Monroe. Unfortunately, that did not happen. You know, beginning the second half, we had four straight open looks. I think Kentrell had two open threes. Uh, Hosanna had an open 10-footer. I mean, they left him right open in the lane and uh, just couldn't get him to drop. And, you know, the Eagles are extending the lead. You know, we're, we never were able to take the lead. We were down two, and pretty soon, you know, it's close to double figures. Here's the key factor. Here's the key kick in the game. You know, it's maybe eight, nine-point game. And then three straight possessions. The Eagles have the ball. The Cajuns get an initial stop. The Eagles get offensive rebounds and score. One of them is a three. And all of a sudden, the, the game is in double figures. The Cajuns have trouble matching the size of the Eagles. Ba basketball is a game of matchups. I know the Eagles have struggled in some other games. Uh, some of their guys have been out. 
They're starting to get guys back. When the guy from Nigeria, uh, Ikor, I think is the way he pronounced it. He, they say he's a 6'7", but he's got a strong upper body, long wingspan, really great rebounder. He reminded me of Marcus Stokes of the Marty Fletcher days. Uh, and they have another guy named Hart, who's also a good rebounder. And they're saying, here's a guy that actually played well for them that didn't show up in the stats. Guy named Isaiah, he's a seven-footer, comes off their bench. His numbers weren't been great, but he intimidated the cadence of the basket. You know, there, there was one play he actually went over somebody's back to get a rebound, and they called the jump ball because he went straight up. Probably was a good call. So we just couldn't fight, uh, match up with their size. And, you know, and you're at the game, you don't realize how big the ULM inside USM players are that uh, you are on TV. You, you notice that sometimes what you see on TV, what you see in reality is not the same. I, I noticed that from where I sit in baseball, uh, the pitcher looks, I won't say small, but he doesn't look like he's six one six two. I look at my program, I say, you know, why, I mean, why is that guy pitching for us? He looks about five, nine. And then I look on the program, he's six, two. And then when I meet him in person, yeah, he's six, two. All right. So, yeah. but, but you know, the cages are not going to lie down. You, whatever you say about him, they're going to fall. They're able to cut the lead to six. We finally hit a couple of threes. Joe hit two of them. Uh, could have had more. Kobe had a couple of them that were wide open. And, he, you know, one of them, he, and he passed up. That goes back to confidence, trying to drive the lane. And when he did shoot late in the clock, he didn't, even though he was fairly open, he didn't want to shoot it. So it goes back to confidence. You know, you lose your confidence. It's a tough thing to get back. Uh, and ULM, USM, rather. I keep, saying, I keep mixing up the two schools. Southern Miss has the guy named Carbello. I think he's Puerto Rican. Missed several games, comes back, you know, he's pretty good at shooting the mid-range and so-so at the three. Of course, he hits one late in the clock to extend the lead. He made a bunch of plays down the late in the, in the game in the stretch. You know, we had to foul him, and somehow he ended up going in the line, and he knocked everyone down. He's a very confident player. Some may use a different word. I'll just use confident. Uh, he's been at four different schools, so he's got a lot of experience. He had missed time with injuries. I think that may have been why ULM, USM was struggling for a while. So we get on to the game summary. I think I've hit a lot of the key points already. Yeah. Well, they got out rebounded by 17. I talked about their size. They're just not a good matchup for the Cajuns. Not only rebounds, they intimidated us at the basket, probably affected our shooting percentage. And our, our three-point shooting woes continue. Uh, we hit a few in the second half. We passed up something that maybe we should have shot. Uh, and ULM, you had the Southern Miss Eagles getting healthy. They might be a little tougher out in the tournament than people are realized from their record. Because you remember early in the conference season, they were winning, they got the injuries, and they started losing, start getting guys back, and maybe a different year as we go into the latter part of the season. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> I forgot who I was talking to talked about that, that they felt even though Austin Crowley uh, gets a lot of the the uh, the publicity there, and rightfully so, that, that one of their best, a uh, couple of their players being out has really hurt them. Yeah, well, look at this. Uh, Crowley had uh, 18 points, four assists, six rebounds, really strong, strong game. Uh, their two inside forwards had 20 rebounds between them. You know, that. Early in the season, we were having trouble on the boards, and we've done so much better in the last few games on the boards, even though the shooting woes may continue. You know, we've been playing up with a stick close, from fighting even on the boards. 
In this particular game, the only reason there wasn't more of a blowout, we were able to turn them over. Yes. Yeah, that's I was looking at that. I I thought eleven turno uh eleven steals for us was was high. Uh, but then then I look back at some statistics and, and see that, you know, I think we had fourteen steals against uh Louisiana Tech, uh eleven against uh Eastern Kentucky. There's been a few games that we've had double digit steals, which was a little surprising to me. So Yeah. Well the turnover was a lot of stay in the game. You know, when we started these podcasts back in uh October, November, we said the way they're going to play is enough to turn teams over because we don't have a shot blocker. And we were doing so much better for that. But then as the season wore, wore down here, maybe it's a factor with the tired legs. And Coach Marlin made a comment in his post game that I wonder how much credence there is to it, but there may be some. He said, you know, we've had two four-game road trips. Did okay in the first one. This one, uh, we didn't navigate the end of it very well. Um, there's a lot of travel the team's been under. 17th games on the road versus 12 at home and D1 games is always going to be in that thing. So it's right now it's 17 at home, 17 on the road and 10 at home so far in the D1 game. So uh, that's a lot of travel. It may have worn the team down a little bit, especially since they're, I know they have nine guys, but they're basically playing seven maximum minutes. You know, the two freshmen play in, off and on, depending how well they're doing. But that's going to help them down the road in the long run. You know, when they, I can, you see a huge, improvement in players generally from their freshman and their sophomore year. So that'll be hopefully the case with all three of our freshmen. So we've got to do better going on here. We're coming back home finally. And sometimes just being at home, sleeping in your own bed uh, allows you to play better. Uh, you're used to shooting in the gym. So we'll play uh, at Troy on Wednesday night. You ready to preview that one real quickly? Yeah, let's look at that. Uh, for those that listening, uh, we lost to Troy at Troy, 79-73. Uh, I thought we did a a pretty good job. I think Troy is one of the better teams of the league, uh, and so that was the be- that was the first loss on that road trip that we ended up winning three out of four on. So, yeah, and we actually played pretty well, except for once that turnovers in that game. You know, we got behind like you normally do, but we stayed close. We actually had the lead in the second half. Uh, we had the lead probably four or five minutes ago. There was a couple calls that went against us. And I think we struggled the line a little bit that game too. And um, it was a six point game, but it was really closer than that. It was a two point game on a minute ago. So uh, Troy in their most previous game beat ULM 84-78. They had a big lead, the Warhawks came back. But you're talking about steals. You know, Troy's thing is getting turnovers. They lead the league in forcing uh, steals. They had 13 steals against the Warhawks. Six different guys had at least one. I remember watching them uh, when they played us, they have really quick hands. Uh, their two guards, the Mohammed and Eugene, make them go. Both of them get the rim, pass off for assists, and they set their defense. They had a lot of assists in the uh, what, 16 assists on 25 baskets against the Warhawks. They weren't hit, shooting the ball that well from three, but I figured out on their two-point shots, they hit 18 out of 23. So they were scoring at the rim. They were finishing. So main attribute of cages of the cages have to watch against Troy is prevent turning the ball over. We had 20 in the first game and lost by six, and it was a two-point game in a minute ago. Protect the ball. We'll have a chance. I think we match up better with Troy than we do at Southern Miss, to be frank. Their inside guys are competent players. They do just fine, but they don't have the size that Southern Miss has. So it may be a better matchup for us from that perspective. Uh, so if we don't turn the ball over, we'll have a chance. 
Yeah, the 20 t- turnovers that the Cajuns had were, were the most on the season. Uh, and uh, that's where it became very frustrating for a lot of fans. But we, but we have to remember in that game, I believe Hosanna was coming off the flu or somebody was. And we did. He was. But again, we, we, we lost. The, the key is now, like you said, you're sleeping at home. You're in your own bed. No more excuses. It's time. It's the end of the season. If you're going to win in the tournament three games in a row on the road, you've got to start this this weekend and playing well. Right. And if you don't win both games, you'll probably have to play four games. Yeah. We can still finish for it. If we win both these games at home and um, App beats who's Arkansas State. Arkansas State's on a roll right now. So Yeah, we need to win one more game than Arkansas State does. And, and uh, at that point, I think we will have Flinch the uh that's that that's a team you know we talked about uh, we'll talk about that in a second i'm sorry mike go ahead finish okay the, the, the wednesday game is at seven the women play tuesday night so there's no double header there is a double header friday the women play at five and uh we play southern miss at 7 30. we don't have any true seniors on the team but i've been told they're taking up a senior night maybe for the cheerleaders managers what have you uh, I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but I've told us being considered, been told it's being considered. As far as the game itself, the number one issue is you've got to do a better job on the boards. Uh, you know that they hammered you. Just make it a point of focus in practice this week without killing your team with physicality. You know, we speculated was on and Kobe are at, uh, and need, need help on the boards. Oh, I didn't go back on that. In the Southern Miss game, Joe Charles had an outstanding game. We mentioned earlier he was taking the ball to the rim. He hit a couple of threes in the second half that allowed us to cut the lead. Uh, he probably played 38 minutes or so. He was exhausted. So a couple of his late threes, I think he just he also didn't have any legs. But, you know, fantastic game by Joe. Uh, maybe one of the better overall efforts, both offensively and defensively, for any player over the entire season. So kudos to Joe Charles. Yeah, it shows 40 minutes. So I don't know if he came out just for a few seconds right before a timeout or what, but 26 points. Seven rebounds. So yes, three for three from the three, uh, three for three from the free throw line, three for nine from three pointer. We'll take that any day from Joe and ten for eighteen from the field. So yeah, one block. Some, one some of his misses were late in the game. Where you know where he was exhausted. I like what they did early in the game when they were able to spread the court out and actually let him take his man off the dribble. They identified a mismatch. I'm sure Southern Miss will be expecting that and have a uh, plan for it. But it's something we should at least try. As far as the boards go, we know that that's an issue. Just block out Ayakur. You know, he had 11 in this game. Uh, and everybody's got to go get some boards. Maybe the guards need to rebound a little better. You know, maybe Brandon needs to play a little bit more because he's a good rebounder. Uh, offensively, uh, we have to just shoot the ball with confidence. Here's what's happened a couple of times. You know, people are passing up shots and you end up taking a worse shot. So in practice this week, they need to actually just get in the gym and get some shots up and, and just keep shooting until you get actually knock down a few. Maybe some of the other drills they do should be less than in time and just work on just let the guys shoot, maybe identify a couple of tweaks in their shots. And beyond that, you know, maybe against this team, you know, let's take the mid-range when it's there. If you're not hitting the three, uh, the mid-range was open a few times in this game. We just didn't knock them down. Uh, Another thing, too, uh, Lozano didn't have the as bad a game from the free throw line as they did at ULM in the last game. A couple of times, despite the fact that their guys are bigger, they, they try to double him. He just needs to pass it out faster. 
like you remember beginning of the season he would hold the ball too long then he was doing better with throwing it out quicker recognizing the double team and some of that's communication some of the other guys got to let him know where the ball needs to go um, and finding a couple more points they need to prevent Crowley from penetrating you know they, we caught on he, he caught us on switches a couple of times where he had mismatches there's ways you can prevent that when you guard him you can go under the screen instead of switching what that means is if you're guarding the guy and somebody comes screen you instead of start guarding the guy who's screening you just back off you let the guy have the three you've got to come back on get him at that point but you know uh so they missed shit a lot of threes against us that had a good percentage but that's not always their game uh so maybe that's one answer just go under go under the screens instead of switching and maybe go zone uh you know to help us with their big guys at the basket I've heard said it before, when you go zone, you have trouble rebounding because you don't block it out of man. But we were having trouble guarding them anyway and blocking them out because of their size. So maybe a zone will help anyway. So those are some of the things I would consider we could do different against uh, Southern Miss on Saturday. Friday, rather. Absolutely. Nice uh, summary there, Mike. Um, looking, a little, I, I made a, a comment that all we had to do was one more game than Arkansas State, which is technically kind of true, but not really. The Southern Miss game is a must win to get in the fourth place because if Foss and Southern Miss are tied and Southern Miss has the, uh, the the two wins over us, obviously they will have it. Uh, if we're tied with Arkansas State and uh, at the same point, we will have it because we beat them twice. So um, uh, Southern Miss uh, heads to – I just had it. Uh, heads to uh, South Alabama. And then to us, so two games that uh, could could lose. Uh, Arkansas State goes to Coastal. Coastal is a team I cannot figure out. They start playing well, then drop. Start playing well, then drop a little bit. Arkansas State's one of the hottest teams in the league. Winners of seven of their last eight. In their ninth game, they lost in overtime, which they should have won that game. Uh, but they head to Coastal. But then they head to App. So two two wins by the Cajuns, uh, and and then. One loss. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of basketball to be played to get to that four spot right now, I guess is my point. Yeah. Let me uh, make a point here. I may have made it sound like it's impossible for us to beat Southern Miss because how well they played against us. Well, remember, it was their senior night. Uh, we shot the ball poorly in the first half. Uh, and uh, even though we uh, knocked a few more threes down in the second half, the, we missed a few late because we were exhausted. Uh, they're not unbeatable, you know. Maybe it's not a good matchup for us, but our coaches may figure out a better way to attack them. Remember, as poorly as we played, as great as they played, with three minutes to go, it was a six-point game. So they are not unbeatable. And again, not making excuses, but making an observation here: even the games that the Cajuns have played poorly, it seems like we been in pretty much all the games with with at the 10 minute mark left in the game so there's opportunities here for this team and i said this after about the second week of uh conference play i don't think there's a team that we can't beat but at the same time there's not a team that can't beat us yeah we don't play well yeah one of my favorite things is basketball is more simpler to people make it out the the most uh important skill there is is shot making 
you know, you put the ball in the basket, you know, no matter what the refs call, things like that, you know, and, and we're getting, our coaches are running enough plays. We're getting enough open shots. We just got to knock them down. Yeah. And, and hopefully coming home will do that, allow us to do that. Uh, as far as the uh, conference goes, we've had the lead in the second half of every game we've played this year in conference, except the one Saturday and the first one against Marshall. Every other yeah. game, win or lose, we've had the lead at some point in the second half. So that shows how competitive our guys are, how hard they fight. So yeah, I, I, I really can't bear out that Marshall team at all. Uh, well, first game right after Christmas, we didn't really don't do very well on those. No, yeah. Last year, we struggled in the same uh, situation. And Marshall is one of those teams uh, that technically can tie us if we lost both games. But if we lose both games, they're not going to jump up into fourth. So it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I think uh, – I don't think even if we lose both games, we'll drop below into the – where we have to play five games – uh, so we'll play Thursday if we don't uh, end up in Fort. Okay. Thursday, Thursday in uh, Pensacola, a week from Thursday, that is. Yeah, the only two teams that looks like that could get us lower are Marshall and Georgia State. And they Marshall goes on the road to Georgia State and to Georgia Southern. Uh, and Georgia State has James Madison. So uh, highly unlikely, like you said. So, But yeah. we've seen stranger things. Let's just win our games control our destiny and uh, make a little run in the tournament. So. Yep. That's the plan. Yeah. And hopefully as we go forward here, sleeping in their own beds and not having to go on the road to maybe uh, heal those tired legs or whatever inks, uh, little bruises the guys may be dealing with. And uh, look, looking forward, I, I think the fact that, you know, we've played nine guys here since most all of conference play, basically seven that the coaches realize that and will recruit enough to get more depth for the team next season. We're not reaching late February when the guy's legs are just gone. I'm sure they will. Absolutely. I, I think our coaching staff has done a good job bouncing back. I think this has just been a rough road trip. Well, you know, if you think of it, Mike, if you would have said before those two four game road trips, um, I want to look at something before I make a mistake here. Um, yeah, if you would have told me that we would have gone four and four on two four-game road trips, I think anybody here would have said, let's take it and run. Yeah, And it's just because we lost the last three of this four-game road trip that everybody's frustrated. And I get it. I get it. We had our opportunities. So. Yeah, yep. Yeah, even one win in the ULM win, or, you know, again, we had a – Lead in the second half of that game and lost it at the line in the Georgia State game. We know a lot of things went against us in the second half from the some questionable whistles. So, it, like in bowling, I say every pin counts. Well, in basketball, every play counts. Yep. All right. So, let's see what happens on Wednesday night. Hope to see people out there. I know baseball plays at six on Wednesday, but uh, basketball doesn't play till seven. Hopefully, baseball will end quick and maybe some people can make both. Sounds good. I know it'll be a fun evening no matter where you are. Uh, Northwestern State's in for baseball. Uh, Cajuns have Troy in basketball. That, I think, is going to be an outstanding game. I think uh, uh, Scott Cross is going to have his team ready, and, I, and I'm, I know Bob Marlin will as well. So, All right. We'll talk next week. All right.
For Mike Kaber, I'm Craig Molossov. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to We're Talking. We've been talking Raging Cajun basketball.